What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTT.com, and I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and this episode, we have Selena MacArthur. Now, Selena edited the USS Callister, which for those who don't know, is the very popular Black Mirror episode that occurred in the latest season, and she actually just got nominated for an Emmy for her work on that episode. So first, a big congratulations to her for the nomination. We actually interviewed just before her nomination came out, so we don't really talk about the nomination, but we do get into discussing USS Callister. Now, some of the audio is a bit rough because we were talking between England and Canada and the distance had a bit of issue, so I apologize for any issues there. But with all that said, here's my interview with Selena. My first question will be, how did you get involved with this episode of Black Mirror? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been a fan of Black Mirror since the beginning and was always quite keen to work on it. And then I was lucky enough to bump into Toby Haynes, who I've been friends with for quite a few years now. We've never worked together, officially as editor, director, but we worked together on a show called Am I High about 10 years ago when I was the assistant editor and it was his first ever directing gig. And then we just stayed friends, basically, and we'd see him around town. And then eventually he bumped into him and he asked me to cut Black Mirror. So it was a perfect script for us to do together. My wife said as she was running out the door before I started this call, make sure you tell her that that's my favorite episode of Black Mirror. So, oh, bless. That's so sweet. <laughs> I was going to ask, each episode of Black Mirror is its own sort of movie or its own story that's self-contained. So I'm wondering, how did you go about setting up the mechanics of the world and sort of explaining to the audience how this would work through your editing? I think, to be fair, I think the majority of the world is probably predetermined by the designer and DOP and director. Toby's sort of really all over the, I don't know how to word it really, but the official sort of Star Trek look from old to new. Yeah, Toby, he's one boy, he's sort of a super geek, so he understood exactly what was needed aesthetically. So I think in terms of the edit, I guess the thing with Black Mirror is we know it's dark, and we know that it's often far-fetched or that it takes you into a whole other world. I guess the thing with Black Mirror that is kind of wonderful, and I don't, I'm not sure I know reason how they achieve it, but I think that if you turn on the TV by accident, you'll know that it's Black Mirror, um, even though it's a completely different cast and crew for each episode. Something it does have throughout each episode, no matter what the world is, I think is confidence. It seems to sort of ooze confidence no matter what story they're telling, which I guess probably goes back to Charlie Booker and how he sets up to tell a story. And like any good sci-fi one, I love sci-fi and I love comedy and character dramas. And I think that USS Callister has all, all of those things and that's why it's so good. But I think what, what it does do, like just Black Mirror in general, I think it just sets up to tell a story like a film. It doesn't sort of worry whether it's TV or a movie. So I think it's basically just basically having the guts and balls to follow the Black Mirror confidence. Well, I was thinking educating us that these little dots that you put on your the side of your head bring you into the game and these sort of small cues that you did a really good job of sort of introducing us to. Uh, you know, so there's like a shot that you used panning over people sort of laid back. Yeah with those little dots on, so little things like that, setting us up so we understand the world. 
I think with Yusuf Callister, I think that kind of thing, because it was, wasn't tricky, but it was something that we, you know, looked at. So when he sort of puts the thing on his head and switches in, it was actually very simple. And I think it was a brilliant idea, whoever's idea it was, to sort of go into the world that way. But it, I think it's sort of in his performance as well, it's, it's almost like he drops into unconsciousness very quickly. I mean, Toby spent quite a lot of time working on sound design as well. So I think things like that just take you, take you into the next world. And then, and then we kind of approached... We did approach the editing quite differently, depending on whether we where we were. So basically, whether it was in his apartment or or back at the at USS Callister, or whether we were on Starfleet. And even Starfleet, for me, had sort of almost two worlds within itself, because you had you'd have sort of Robert Daly, whilst he was well, everyone was playing the game along with him, so there would almost be a very different feel, which was the very old school Star Trek. So that kind of felt very much like the original Star Trek because we were literally playing the game. And then when people were misbehaving on Starfleet, then Daly would turn into the evil Daly, basically, which I think was more the Black Mirror baby. How did you approach editing that? I think, to be fair, I think it's mostly taking the lead from the performance. And I think that Jesse Tensley understood his character so well. that so, so we would take the lead from that. I think that so the stuff in the real world, if you like, was probably slicker editing-wise. You know, the pacing of the real world, depending on, depend on where we were in the story, all the sort of quite exciting moments were a bit, they, they were a bit more classic action film type pace. Whereas on Starfleet, it was terrible word, but it was probably a bit hammy <laughs> because we were trying to, you know, get across. It was supposed to be sort of awkward and uncomfortable and a bit crude with the blocking and the editing, it wasn't very slick. And I think it all depends on where we're going the story because when Walton's telling the story about his son, um, Tommy, so by that point in the story, we'd sort of gone into almost a big action movie. So I think the editing turned a little bit like it was in USS Callister. So I think it depended on what we needed from the scene. So the more Star Trek-y scenes were blocked and cut and more traditional in a way. Can you tell me about tackling the scene where she realizes where she is on this ship because she sort of wakes up and it's a really interesting approach? Yeah, I mean, that's one of my, I mean, there's so many favorite scenes like, or moments, but for me, that was always one of, that's a real turning point, obviously, story-wise. That scene sort of changes everything. But as a viewer and how we started cutting from that moment onwards, everything that you just turns. I love that moment. So I think when she very first arrived, it was very, very stylized, but still quite simple in the way Toby's um, shot that. I don't know, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about her sort of being unfaithfully in that way. And then the very first scene where she meets everybody, it was a difficult scene. I mean, it wasn't, it was very well blocked and acted and everything was great and it was a pleasure to cut. It took a long time because the assembly for that sort of, it, you, you know, you've got, I can't remember how many characters there are, maybe six in that scene, I think. And sort of, it's almost like we have met them before, but it's almost like it's the first time we're ever really meeting them in their true predicament. So I think it was getting the balance. I think as soon as we land on that scene is when we realise these guys, you know, are trapped there, basically. So for me, from then on, that's when the show just doesn't stop. It's like the pacing picks up from that second onwards, yeah. So I think it was getting the balance of meeting everyone 
sympathising with them and then going, okay, we need to get out of here with them. It was a real turning point. Yeah, it really stuck out as like a really strong, interesting scene. Yeah, it's quite delicate balance to get these sort of six characters. And you touched earlier on the tone of the show. And I'm wondering how you approached enhancing the tone or working with the footage that you got to create that sort of, I, I guess we can only refer to it as a black mirror tone. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I honestly do think it is something to do with just having fun and confidence. I think that because it is TV, but it feels like a movie. I mean, the script was really brilliant for USS Coast. It was so, so good. So it was, although it was a very difficult job because there was a lot of rushes and it's a big story to tell, it was made easy by a brilliant script and brilliant cast. I'm not sure about the tone because I think it is, I think that just suits through from having someone like Charlie. He's so confident and he's so clever and funny and dark and he is very collaborative. So I think he passes it over a project and every single person desperately wants to make it brilliant as possible. I just cut it true to the rushes and just true to going for it. Like really, really going for it. I basically didn't hold back. Because there's no, there's no rules, basically. It's not like cutting a block in a series or something where you know, it has to fit into the series style. But this doesn't have to fit into the series style. So I feel like you can just really go for it. But maybe by everyone going for it, maybe that creates a new style. And, and I guess there's that dark tone across it. Ironically, it's probably one of the lighter ones of the series, which is weird because it's still pretty dark. Yeah, but this one is quite different. I don't know if this was done in VFX or if you got to do it in the Avid system, but when they go through the wormhole, there's sort of this all stretchy and everything. So I was wondering if that was your part, and if so, how did you approach cutting that moment, or if that was passed off to VFX? Yeah, no, that was really good fun, actually. So basically, it was done in camera. They did all that stretching in camera? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they've done it, so this is just my guess. In some of the mirrors, and quite an old-fashioned technique, basically. But yeah, it was all done in camera. So there was quite a lot of rushes for that because it was really hard to do, I think, basically. So in the edit, it was actually quite painful on the eyes <laughs> to go through because you almost have to take every, almost every usable frame in a way to make something like that work and feel, feel real and not mass, but also feel quite old-fashioned because it's sort of an old-fashioned technique. They would have enhanced it in the grade, I'm sure, but I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was no specific enhancement at all. I think it was probably quite difficult for Stefan, our DOP, to do, but he, he pulled it off. So yeah, I think that moment's great. And, and again, that's something me and Toby spent a lot of time on, trying to sort of pick in the right music and sound effects to sort of make that really feel quite exciting. Well, I have one last question that I like to ask everyone to interview, and that's, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film to watch? <laughs> I basically have a lot of guilty pleasure films, but if I'm to pick one, have you Bridesmaid? I've watched it so many times. <laughs> Fantastic film. It's a go-to list of spirits, hilarious film. But yeah, I, I probably have a list as long as my arm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting me interview. No, no, pleasure. So that was my interview with Selena. I'd like to thank Selena for allowing me to interview her about her work. I'd also like to thank Carly McKeady for cutting this episode. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>